2: And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host contributor at Mavs.com. The One More Thing King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Whew.
3: Well, we are, what, this comes out on Wednesday? We are eight days away from the Mavericks playing basketball against another team that we shall not name. I'm just excited. I'm One, I mean, they have to be televised at this point, right? I mean, there's no way the league's going to let a Lakers-Mavs game not be televised next Thursday.
2: We learned on Tuesday Chuck Cooperstein said that all of the scrimmages will also be on ESPN radio. So we know that they'll be presented in some way. So they'll definitely be on radio. I, I'm assuming they have to be on TV. I think some of them are, but I don't know. About the, all of them.
3: How much money could the NBA get if they came out and said,
2: like, it's like pay-per-view yeah like you pay for it <laughs> to pay for the scrimmages people would do it right yeah i would oh well hands down <laughs> you, you know I, we would. Yeah, you and i would probably everybody listening to this podcast would do it how, for the maps okay.
3: how much would you pay <laughs> this is this is uh for the listener how much would you pay
2: per, to watch- per game or you get a three-game package
3: Per game, per scrimmage game. I just want some to know how may thirsty be, we are for basketball. Some of it
2: may not be possible because, like, if you do all, if you want all your team's games, because they could be playing at the same time, and I don't know how much how much they can actually do at the yeah. same time. But let's say they could do it all. So I don't know. Could, would you pay ten bucks for a three game package? Oh, for sure. Twenty five. <laughs> I'm not gonna keep going at. You you wanted to know how much? (laughs) You're the consumer now. Fifty bucks. I'm so. Three game package. Fifty bucks.
3: I wouldn't go fifty. I don't. Yeah,
2: that's like. (laughs) League pass for the playoffs is like sixty bucks. I
3: love Josh Reeves, but thirty minutes of Josh Reeves for those three games. (laughs) (laughs) Lay
2: off Josh Reeves. He's gonna have a game saving play at some point. MKG. Or will we? <laughs> Still have not seen MKG anywhere.
3: Ask Brad about it. tweet Brad uh, Bubble Brad because uh, yeah
2: tweet Bubble Brad Brad Townsend friend,
3: friend of the pod uh friend in person Brad Johnson Dallas Morning News the only one of the only reporters like there's not a ton of reporters that are, are in the bubble in Disney I think but we he can is name the them only. All. I know. Well, I, I seen a guy the other day that I had no clue who he was. I didn't follow him on Twitter. Yeah, that's weird. But, uh, uh,
2: Haynes, Malika Andrews, uh, Shams, Stein, uh, uh Joe Varden is there, Ben Golliver is there, Brad Townsend. I think more, some people
3: are go- going down like later on, but yeah, it make sure. Many. I mean, y'all know if you're a Mavs fan, you have to be following Brad, but uh bubble, Brad, the graphic that he tweeted out the other day. I mean, classic, maybe we can try to get him on during uh, the Disney bubble and all of that. But uh, yeah, wanna, Brad's a great guy.
2: I want to have him on when he's outside of quarantine. He's just stuck in his hotel room now. I know what, a, I know what a hotel room looks like.
3: Get him on like day six of <laughs> quarantine. He's going, he's got kind of a borderline going crazy at that point. <laughs> Brad, how How
2: crazy are you going right now? <laughs> He's almost done with it, right? He's got to be close. I don't know what day he got there. At least while you're listening to this on Wednesday. All right, on today's show, we are going to be hearing from Maxi Klebo, Rick Carlisle, Justin Jackson very briefly, and then Tim Hardaway Jr. about all kinds of things, all different types of things. Let's just get into it right away, Isaac Harris. This is Maxi. I don't know if you saw this. Actually, yes, you saw this and literally everybody saw this. Maxie and Dwight Powell, a couple days ago, had a video of them pretending to be DJs, and Luca and JJ Berea came out, and they were dancing on their separate balconies, and Maxi and Dwight were on their balconies, and they had all these different camera angles because they had different people filming it, and there was music set to it, and Maxi gave us a little insight as to how that all came together, because yes, they are very bored while they were in quarantine for 48 hours in their hotel room, so this is what came out of it, and this is how it happened.
1: I was trying to see how long did that uh, that balcony scene happen with you guys with it with the, uh, the DJ. It actually
4: took, it actually took a, quite a while because um, we had to get all the footage, and then um, out of nowhere, JJ was on the balcony. He was filming us while we did it and was laughing at us. So we said, "Hey, JJ, can you actually <laughs> stay there?" All of a sudden, Dodo and Lucas stepped out, and then we just took another shot. And the editing was like the the main part because we had to put the music together. So the, the drop off the beat was perfect, and. You know, Dwight did all that, he did a great job on that. But it was fun. We I don't know, we did it like for two hours just hanging out there and trying to figure out what we want
2: to do. He said they were out there, they're out there for two hours trying to figure out what they're gonna try to <laughs> that do. That was the biggest
4: takeaway of all of this. These
2: dudes were bored. <laughs> so bored, dang. Uh man, that's hilarious to me. The, uh, we also learned that Dwight was the guy that edited it all. So we got some some editing skills there with Dwight Powell.
3: I'm just picturing uh, Dwight Powell on his like hotel sofa on iMovie piecing (laughs) together uh, footage that JJ just sent. And I mean, that's been one of the like, I mean, I feel like a lot of national like sites and everybody shared that video. It was an incredible video. It's
2: one of the king content of the uh, NBA bubble so far. I mean, that maps have been content king so far in in the bubble. I think they really have. Between Bobon, is- Luca, that video, uh, man, it's been a lot of good stuff. Bobon holding a fish, I mean, that was just, that's gold right there. Anything
3: Bobon does, we should have 24 7 Bobon bubble cam. He,
2: he said himself the other day, we heard it on the podcast, he said he wanted a camera to follow him 24 7. This is your chance now. <laughs> This is your chance. All right, now uh, Maxi answered a little bit more of a serious question. From uh, he was he was talking to uh, Mark Falwell in the Zoom interview, and he Mark Falwell mentioned that Maxi had told him that he had not picked up a basketball in two months. M- Maxi had not because of his um, situation with his apartment, and so he said he was having a hard time trying to find out where to, where to play, and he was wondering how he was going to be able to get back into everything. And uh, this is how Maxi answered that question.
4: Yeah, so during the quarantine I actually found a basket in the backyard that was, uh, you know, I could shoot by myself, nobody was interrupting, so I got some shots of there. But definitely I was super happy and hyped when we, when we finally got back into the gym and could do like a, kind of like a normal workout, you know, we had a rebounder and we kind of got through some drills that definitely helped. I would say I'm in, in decent shape, you know, we did a great um, job, or like our, our training stuff uh, staff did a great job of bringing us back to a level where we can start to compete 5-on-5 five five in practice, So you know i feel very confident about that so
2: i wonder how he found the ba- found the hoop in his backyard right like how did I- he just find it
3: what okay first off <laughs> does the guy not have anybody in his life to rebound for him I mean, come on! How many people who listen to this podcast would go a rebound for him? He said I mean, I got back to to the facility and had a rebounder, I'm like, Bro, come on! I, <laughs> there's plenty of us out here that can rebound for you.
2: And yeah, does he have a significant other? I mean, somebody to go out there. You just gotta you just gotta grab the ball, and throw it back, <laughs> shoot a DM, Nick,
3: and uh but him finding a goal. Um, in his backyard in the woods? I don't, he'd say, yeah, I found a goal in my backyard. But uh, I, I just, it's one of the things I love hearing what all the players uh, did during quarantine. Uh, and just hearing, you know, them getting back to, to the facility and just where they are coming back from, luca overseas, KP overseas, but even like Justin Jackson talking to media today saying, you know, how he was one of the very first people back into the facility and how, you know, he, he said him and his wife, they bought a house here in Dallas uh, over this past year. And as soon as it was opened back up, he was one of the first ones back in there and just showing that, hey, he's ready and he, he wants to play basketball. So um, it was just cool hearing that stuff from Maxi.
2: Yeah, it's good that he was able to find somewhere to play. I think that that's definitely positive. Uh, okay, coming up, we're going to get into some more stuff from Rick Carlisle about Justin Jackson, about the team day-to-day, and then we'll hear from Tim Arto Jr. at the end. So we'll hear all that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more. This is um, – Rick Carlisle was asked an interesting question from Eddie Sefko about you know do they feel – do the Mavs feel lucky that so far they haven't had any positive tests from, uh, you know, positive coronavirus tests or had anybody, you know, get hurt or injured or we've seen all these players get, you know, uh, some of them cross the act, invisible boundary of the, the bubble. And so then they got put on quarantine. And so the Mavs haven't had any of that so far. Do the Mavs feel lucky that they've been able to avoid that for the most part? And I thought Carlisle's answer to this was good.
1: You know what? This is, uh, we're trying to get to dinner time right now. Uh, after dinner, we'll try to get to bedtime and then we'll try to get to breakfast. And, you know, we're gonna just stay in the process of, you know, following the rules and, and following the procedures and protocols. Um, and, and and you know, hope that we can stay out of harm's way. Um, our guys have a great attitude about being here. Um, you know, this is just such a unique experience, unique opportunity. Uh, I saw that JJ Beret tweeted something out yesterday about how appreciative he was and and our players are for the NBA's efforts. I mean, they're bending over backwards to make things um, comfortable for us to make things um, you know as much as much like home as they can be. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a long it's a long jaunt, um, but it's kind of like it's kind of like going to basketball camp. Um, except you're at a world-class resort and you've got, you know, people waiting on your hand and foot, trying to make things good for you every day. So we feel very fortunate.
2: I just thought that was great framing of his answer. of saying, you know, like the question was, do you feel lucky? Do you feel lucky that you've haven't had anybody test positive for COVID? And he said, you know, we're just taking it day to day because you just never know with this stuff. I mean, Two players tested positive out of the three hundred something inside the bubble, and those players could have had symptoms that didn't show up until you know they tested. Then uh, and they got it outside the bubble and they brought it in. I mean, they could have gotten it inside the bubble. We don't know what any of this is going to be like. We don't know. Uh, I think Chris Haynes even mentioned this recently. We don't know if this is still going to happen. Right? It's it's going to start. I think. But we don't know if this is gonna finish the way that the NBA has planned it out because anything can happen at this point. And I just thought that was a good, a good note, and I, th- I hope that that's actually the way that the Mavericks are taking this because uh, it's all up in the air still.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously going into this. Uh- COVID-19 testing and everything was one of the biggest question marks just with the players, but it still is like kind of the big unknown right now. We were texting before this. I'm like, how many, do we know how many players are missing from the bubble right now? I mean, we just heard Harrison Barnes, you know, earlier today posted on his Twitter about testing positive, how he's not in Orlando with, with the Kings and Russell
2: Westbrook. And a few, you know, Westbrook and Harden a few days ago, and all of that we, and we haven't even seen Michael kid go he, he could be there i don't think that he is because we haven't seen anything about him and so uh how many players like that are on other teams out there that we don't know or like willie collie stein he's not in the bubble remember him I mean, he was supposed yeah. to be with the mavs and he's not so how many players like that do we forget about that are not in the bubble just because we haven't heard from them
3: yeah and not all of them I mean James Harden just uh, entered the bubble uh, tonight we don't know I mean there was speculation about COVID stuff but we don't know for sure I didn't see anything for sure on that Westbrook announced his own statement but you look across the league I heard like Bam wasn't there or a couple of Denver Nuggets What you know weren't there yet and it's like it all, like the question was a valid question to Rick because it feels like every team at this point is dealing with some type of and we don't know who the two players were that tested positive in right. the bubble we don't you know, anything like that. So it is something that, yeah, we got to see, I mean, media, even seeing Brad tweeting out, media had a longer quarantine than the players. You know, players and traveling parties got to Orlando. They had a 48-hour quarantine, two days, in, you know, in the in their hotel room. Media arriving there, they have to stay in there seven days. So uh, longer Man. for media in their hotel room. I mean, that's like not even leaving from hearing from Brad and some of these other people. It's like, hey, they're getting tested at their door, meals delivered to their door. So literally hotel room for seven days. So I, but for the for the most part, though, I mean, it's just hearing like Bill Simmons talk about today, Chris Haynes, different people. It's like it's working so far, right? I mean, it's it's working better than what a lot of people had their you know speculation of how just everything. But as far as the seriousness of everything that the NBA is set forth, hearing JJ Barea tweet or not hearing it but reading it <laughs> on Twitter and different yeah, places, on now You're
2: from. hearing tweets. I don't know. <laughs>
3: I don't know. You could like
2: play. They have the audio upgrade or the the new feature. But uh, if you're hearing those tweets, I don't know what's <laughs> up with you.
3: But like, I, I seen like Malcolm Brockton. I saw a few other players uh, today just ex- expressing just their thankfulness to the NBA of the measures that they're putting in place for the bubble. I mean, heck, Everybody seen the story about how Rashawn Holmes uh, got Postmates and crossed the dotted line basically and now he's quarantining for uh, 10 days after that so uh, <laughs> it, it seems I mean for the most part right now I, I mean I'm saying this on July 14th <laughs> on a Tuesday night it seems like it's working so far.
2: Yes, it's it seems positive. We talked yesterday with Brian Sutterer, uh, Doctor Brian, about you know all the measures the NBA was taking, and he said so far it seems like it's it's good. There's certain things he had concerns about, but so far it seems like everything the NBA is trying to do and the seriousness of what they're trying to do is uh, is good so far. I think Rashawn Holmes crossing a line and getting ten days in quarantine, I feel like that was a little bit of a Uh, We're gonna make him a an example. We're gonna make an example out of him. That
3: that is prime first day of school. Somebody gets out of line, and they're like, "Hey, in detention the next day." Because you want to set the tone as a teacher. That's that.
2: Absolutely. That's exactly. Especially since it was Rashawn Holmes and not like LeBron, (laughs) LeBron, (laughs) Kawhi, or you know Harden or something. Luca even. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what that was. Okay, let's hear from Rick Carlisle about. Justin Jackson. He's been kind of a... Ooh. He's been a divisive player. Maybe not on this podcast, but he's been a divisive player among Mavs media, Mavs people... And uh, he had some some interesting things to say about about Justin Jackson. This is a little bit longer of a clip, so hang on for the ride because this is all about Justin Jackson. And I don't think anybody at home is prepared for all of this. If you're
3: a stan of Justin Jackson, just hold on to your seat right now. This is it right here. If
2: you belong to the Dalton Trigg Church of Justin Jackson, then <laughs> this is a this is an answer to a question you will appreciate.
1: We need him, and uh, you know he he's had a very good year. He's had some stretches where he's played great basketball. Um, We're going to need him as a two position player. Um, You know, his his offensive skill set is very unique for a guy, 6'8". The way he moves, the way he he passes, cuts, uh, he shoots the ball great. His floater game is really one of the best maybe I've ever seen in, you know, 35 years in this league. And he's a great team guy. And so, uh, you know, he, he... he's a really important guy for us. Um, gives us length defensively. Um, you know, he's going to be a a real key guy off the bench. Um, and I really like where his game is right now. He's one of the guys that worked really hard during the the hiatus. Um, when the gym opened back up, you know, he was, um, he was in there every day. Um, busting his butt, you know, both on the court and, you know, voluntarily with the weight room and our conditioning people. So, um, you know, he's he's uh, he's going to be a big part of what we're doing here. How much did his defense improve as the season went along? Well, when we got him, you know, a year and a half ago, he was, you know, we considered him a very good defender and an underrated defender. And, um, you know, as this year has gone on, um, the strength and, and weight that he added over last summer, um, I thought, really helped him. And um, and so, again, you know, his ability to play multiple positions is uh, is a real key thing for us. I mean, you know, he, he has the kind of skill set for a guy that size where you know, he could even play point guard if if you know we had a real bind. I mean, he's that good handling the ball and passing, and, and understanding things. So, um, you know, we we need him in a in a big way. Um, he's had four really good days of uh, a camp, and so uh, you know, as we move forward, he's going to be one of our key guys.
2: Okay, lots lots to unpack there. The first thing I want to get to quickly is uh, his mention of Justin Jackson potentially being a point guard. Uh, Dwayne Price then asked Justin Jackson about that immediately after that and this was Justin Jackson's answer to him potentially playing point guard for the Mavs
1: Coach said uh, if need be he would play you at point guard position how much point guard have you played in your life In the NBA? <laughs> uh, I don't think I've
0: ever played a man at a point guard uh, oh, but I mean I think I got a good enough ball handling that I can do a little something if I need to
2: Uh, Hopefully, you heard his laugh in there because Justin Jackson really like open mouth, threw his head back, and was like, I don't think I've played a single minute of point guard in his entire life, not just in the NBA or at UNC, his whole life. Oh, man. Um, So, where do you want to start? I don't know. I mean, all right, here's the thing. Okay, so I I tweeted out this quote about the floater game being the best that he's seen in 35 years in Mm. the league. Okay, so this nice. this quote, as people, were saying, people were saying, people were saying Carlisle's didn't, completely didn't gone crazy. Too. He's completely off the rails. All this stuff. This quote to me is the ultimate. It's a classic coach move, especially Carlisle, a classic coach move of boosting up, giving the guys, giving a specific guy a confidence boost. I'm going to give this flowery long answer that people will be able to write up. That they'll be able to take anything from this quote. Put it in a story or put it on a podcast like ours. And that player will get a little bit of a confidence boost or feel like, you know, the uh you know, the coach believes in me. You know, like that kind of a thing. It's a it's a classic I mean, we've seen Carlisle do this for how many players yeah. over the years? Just so many different guys. And sometimes it's true, and sometimes sometimes he's mm. he stretches the truth a little bit. And some of that is is true in this case. Um Yeah, it's not always Someone, please trade for this guy. However, it also can be that. I don't know if this one is, but it could be.
3: No, I mean, listen, if you're a head coach in the league, you do exactly what Rick Carlisle just did. And whether, I mean, me as a, a low life podcaster over here, that's, I mean, I don't really agree with everything that he probably just said. Um, but, but that's what you do. Hey, I mean, hey, hey, a-
2: neither does the minutes he was giving him towards the end of the season. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, like, I mean, that that's what you do as a coach. What is Rick supposed to do? Stand up there and be like, yeah, right. just, like, you know, go the opposite way he on that. He can go like, so- well,
2: he's got to work on this and he's got to do this. But then all of a sudden you're putting your player on blast, right?
3: Yeah, but and I mean, realistically, if you look at the um, the best scenario for the Mavericks, they do need him. Like they they, they do need him to you know uh, get some minutes for him off the off the bench. And you know we we joked about it when Donnie Nelson had his first uh, presser in, in Dallas, and because he called him Justin I Anderson, to two times. starter. Kid. <laughs> 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 um, he called him Justin Anderson a few times but when Donnie laid out the eight man rotation kind of he, a, you know after those top five he's like you know then we have Maxie and then we have DeLon Wright then we have Justin Anderson and he kind of but he was meaning Ju- Justin Jackson it's like they they view him as part of the rotation. He's going to get some minutes, I think, especially you know off the bat in those uh, regular season games. But if he can come out and hit a three pointer at a forty percent clip and you know play uh, you know decent defense and stuff, he he, he will get some minutes. So um, I love Justin Jackson. I I mean obviously he's a North Carolina Tar Heel. I love Steel. what he, he brought. <laughs> he is a steal, what he brought uh, to the Tar Heels. But there are some areas of his game I think he
2: can improve on. That was was putting it nicely. Uh, I'm somewhere between what Carlisle said and and, uh, what you said. Uh, Okay, coming up, let's get into some more of what Tim Hardaway Jr. said. I thought he had some good answers about the Mavericks, uh, how he can pick up from where he left off the season at a really good pace, and then how the Mavericks have been focusing on how to close games. We'll get into all that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more of Tim Hardaway Jr. So this is a... A uh, question was asked to him about how the Mavericks have been so efficient, and I thought that this showed us a little bit of a glimpse into Tim Hardaway Jr.'s mentality about how he's he's played this season because he's played really well, and so I think his mentality is worth noting.
0: Well, I think it's just um, the selfishness and uh, just knowing your role while you're out there on the floor. Um, everybody knows that um, uh, once the two guys uh, are on the floor, Luka and KP, and they're in a the ball uh, situation, you just got to be ready. Um, Gotta have your trigger ready. You gotta be uh, ready to get back on defense. Gotta be ready for anything, crashing the boards, whatever the case may be. You gotta be ready for that. And uh, um, once we get stops, we we're starting to do a better job of getting down and transition and running and really making the system.
2: I just think that mentality of always be ready for anything. I think that's so, that's so key in a role player. Like in some circles you talk about the NBA has just turned into one guy dribbling the ball, pounding the ball and everybody else stands around the the three point line. They don't really, and they think about it as they don't really do anything. And that's not true. You have to be ready to do all these little things because the one guy is doing all the big things with the ball.
3: And when you think about it, I mean, you think back to the end of that Clippers game and Luca had the ball and he deferred to Tim out on the wing. It was an incredible game at home in Dallas. Tim misses a shot at the buzzer. They lose, but we hyped it up so much because like Luca trusted Tim with the shot and everything. But how many times... Us as fans, we get upset at the player. Uh, it's kind of like a field goal kicker in a way. We get upset at the player who stands in the corner and then he misses a huge shot at the end of the game. They're like, You had one job. Your only job is to hit the shot from the corner. And that's your only job. And it's like, No, no, no. Like, that is such a hard job. And all like for him, I mean, he does more. Like, he's much, you know, he does so much more than just a, 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 a set up, spot up shooter uh, for Dallas's offense. But yeah, I, I find myself like, the fandom for Tim Hardaway Jr., it just keeps growing for me. For and you personally? For me personally, yeah. And I think like halfway through the season, I was like 50-50. I'm like, yeah, yeah, if we could extend him. Like he fits, like he's shooting the ball well. Now I'm like, hey, I'm down to extend him. Like at, at, a, at, at a reasonable like cost. I mean, obviously at like 22 a year or something like that. But if like, yeah, I, he fits so well.
2: Someone asking him a question said, Tim, you average 16 points a game so far this season. And I was like, He did. (laughs) Yeah, he did. He was averaging 15.8 points per game this season, which is wild. I mean, what was Harrison Barnes at? Like 18? I mean, he's like two points off of what Harrison Barnes was averaging. And we talked about Harrison Barnes as this, you know, great scorer. Uh, man, it's been, uh, it's, it's fascinating to see his season. So here is, um, Tim Hardaway Jr. talking about how well he played at the beginning of the season and how he can pick that up and, you know, continue on that, continue on that momentum throughout the end of the season here.
1: Hey Tim uh, as it's been mentioned uh, you guys were operating at, at a league high league best level and you individually were having a great season but it's been four months since y'all played and you've only uh, started playing uh, uh coach Carl I was just saying uh, five on five a couple of days ago do you feel like you guys uh are starting more like you're starting over like having training camp all over again or do you feel in a sense that you can pick up where you where you left off
0: yeah i think that's the biggest emphasis to see who's gonna pick off pick up where they left off first and uh i think um us as a group we've done a great job of just uh sticking to the script and uh yeah it does feel like training camp right now at this point uh everybody's starting to get their legs back under them we're starting to play five on five a lot more uh, today a lot of guys got their rhythm starting to get the rhythm you can see it playing off of one another and uh um, now it's just going to be a, a point of emphasis of just make sure we maintain it and everybody stays healthy.
2: Yeah, a lot of people were saying that it feels like you're kind of starting over again. I think Justin Jackson even said it feels more like a training camp than you're just resuming the season from like an all star break or something like that. And it has been I mean, nearly four months. So, uh, yeah, this is it's going to be hopefully everybody will be able to pick it right back off the whole team from where they were when they ended.
3: Yeah, and, I mean, we briefly went down a couple of teams earlier that were missing players and stuff you know, due to whether well, it's personal reasons they haven't got to Orlando yet or, uh, you know, COVID-19 stuff But Harrison Barnes. And it, it feels like there's a handful of teams that are still missing players. Jokic just got to the bubble. James Harden just got to the bubble. The main core of the Mavericks that's going to be a part of the rotation – They've been there since they landed in, you know, in the bubble in Disney, and they've been ramping up together in practice. Now they've reached together this point of five on five and all of this stuff to where uh, that's only a positive, you know. I mean, I think Jokic and those guys will be fine. I mean, yeah. they still have another you know week and still have scrimmage, but this this does give a, a team like Dallas, who's all together for the most part, you know, they've been together this whole time, and that only helps them
2: yeah i agree the last thing is uh chuck huberstein asked tim carl tim Carlisle tim hardaway jr about uh the mavericks closing games remember when that was the thing we talked about the mavericks weren't really that great at closing games this season we did a whole bunch of pods on clutch games you can actually go back and listen to those if you need a refresher Uh, go back and listen to those podcasts about uh, the mavericks closing games i did all this number. remember i went all you know spreadsheet crazy on mavericks closing games and i you know, put who was on the floor and all that kind of stuff and figured out what it meant, so go back and check out those, but this is Tim Mardoy Jr. and how they've addressed that so far in the NBA bubble.
0: Yeah, I think Coach has done a great job just sprinkling that in there during practice uh, every once in a while uh, since we've been here. Um, uh, when we have our team meetings, we definitely make a point of emphasis of of knowing that we had been in a lot of close games uh, throughout the year and, uh, and um, they gave us examples. We watched a little bit here and there and and um, we know what we have to do, and it's just a matter of us uh, going out there and experiencing it like we did uh, this, during this this um, this year. And uh, now we uh, know what to expect moving forward. We should be able to close out games a lot better. And not saying that they're going to turn out as wins, but uh, us being in situations like that, we, we should know what to do now at this point.
2: Yeah, I just thought it was good that they've run those scenarios in practice. Sometimes... I don't really know if all of us know what the what teams do in practice, but it's good to know that they run scenarios like this. They've been watching film on it and watching you know, end-of-game scenarios and going through that. I thought that was notable that the Mavericks have been working on that because you know, like free throws and other things that we complain about, this is a thing that they really needed to work on.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me. We've referenced them on this podcast a lot that – you know, Dallas is one of the last in the league when it comes to free throw percentage, not just free throw percentage in the clutch, but uh, free throw attempts in the clutch. They just didn't get to the line much. And when they did, they didn't hit, hit them at a high clip. So I mean, stuff like that and just hearing him talk. I mean, they, they knew they were bad in the clutch. They know they knew it back then. They know it right now and they just have to execute better. They I mean I feel like, you know, Carl on them has a they have a game plan for it and a lot of it comes down to Luca and Luca just has to be better in the clutch. And I mean he's owned up to that. We've talked about it on the pod and uh, we'll see what it looks like. I mean, especially the first I don't know. First few clutch games. Let's just say you know two out of the first like four or five you know games are clutch games. We're gonna be holding on to that like oh first first clutch game in the bubble. We're like clutch game here for the Mavs, and uh, you know if they pull that off, everybody's gonna be like whoa they're they're not the old Mavs anymore. They're gonna be good in the clutch now. So uh, yeah, I agree with Tim. They where they're at now, they should be uh, better in the clutch.
2: They should be better. It's hard, to, it's hard to get worse from where they were coming from. All right, there you go. That's some more stuff. Again, we have more stuff. I mean, more players are talking, I think, today and Wednesday. I think Chris Christoph's Porzingis is going to speak. Uh, Carlisle will probably speak again. I don't know if there's another player or whatever, but every single day we'll be hearing from it, and you're going to hear it pretty much only right here on the Locked On Mavericks podcast. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavericks. Peace out. Boom.